It's just a little cold up here, I felt like. So, what? What is this? Oh, oh, does it say Steelers on it? That's crazy. Hey, some big games today. I hope that you all really enjoy them. If you're a Patriots fan, uh, I'm for you too. You know, you're in our God circle. Um, someday you might, you know, yet be redeemed and saved and come to the Steelers side. But in, in, in the meantime, like, hey, um, it's a good day. It's a good day today. Welcome to Daybreak. Uh, we're talking about circles today, and uh, we've been talking about this all month. And how circles are better than rows. How rows are good for some things, but circles create spaces that do a whole nother thing in our life. So I was thinking about this question this week. I want you to think about this. What what are some of the most memorable and meaningful moments that have ever happened in your life? Now think about that. Where were they at? Those memorable and meaningful moments. Places where... Like, you'll remember for a long time. I think about, like, campfires. Like, growing up, you know, like, family gathered around a campfire. Or some guys that we went out to the backcountry, and we are gathered around a campfire having a conversation. Some of the most meaningful moments of my life. It's a circle. Or think back to my, some of my college days, sitting in a dorm room in this circle with some other guys who were on this place, same place as my journey, questioning a lot of stuff, and they were surrendered to God. They helped me discover what that's like. It was a circle. Of course, some of you are thinking, like, that wasn't the circle I remember in college. We, were, we had other stuff in the middle of our circle, shot glasses and quarters. If you're in high school, don't. Don't pay any attention to that. You didn't hear any of that from me. Okay, I did go to Penn State. So, um, but there are circles in our life like that. You know, I think about the life change that's happened in my life and all these places over the past like 10 or 12 years here at Daybreak, they were in circles where life change affected me deeply. They weren't just in rows. They were, those things happened in circles. So I want you to think about your life. Where are places that have changed you? And maybe for some of you, you go, yeah, I've had some circles too. Like I've been in some circles that have deeply affected me. They've changed trajectory in my life. They've been there in difficult times. Some of you are like, yeah, I can, I can remember those. Some of you maybe are here today and you're like, yeah, I want, I've been looking for life change too, but I, I don't have a circle. For those of you who've experienced a circle, like, you should think about this. Like any of those circles in your life, those meaningful moments in your life, what if no one had ever extended the opportunity to be in that circle? No one had invited you to it. What would be different in your life that you missed that? See, at Daybreak, we've always been about extending those circles, expanding those circles. In, in the early days, we used to say it like this. We'd say every day could be a fresh start with God. Some of you remember that in the early days of Daybreak. Like, that was our slogan because we really believe that for people. If you'll come and you will include you in this circle, we want you to know that if you'll get into this circle, we'll help you discover that every day can be a fresh start with God. Last fall, we talked about this for like eight weeks. Remember that we did the Reach series. And the Reach series was all about, like, listen, you got to have places in your life where you're expanding your circle, that you're inviting other people, that you're reaching out and saying, I just want to point the way. I just want to help you on your journey. I want to point the way to the very best life that God could offer you. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for every single one of us. And for some of us, we need to, we need to take a step and go, 
I need a circle like that. I need a place of life change like that. And for some of us, we're in a circle and we need that kind of change in our life. We need to expand that circle and include someone else in that circle. And some of you have been like, I, I need that. Some of you have been like, hmm, I, I probably should do that. But you haven't. You haven't taken that step. You haven't expanded your circle or you haven't said, taken that, that risk to say, I want to be in a circle. I'm willing to rearrange things in my life so I can be in a circle. And you're wondering today, like, is it worth it? Like, is it really worth it to be in a circle like that? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Our whole conversation today is about, is it worth it to be in a circle? Why should I be in a circle? And we're, we're going to explore two stories that, that come from the, the stories of God in Scripture. And these two stories are they're so important because they're like pivot points in, in times of history where, where because God interjected, because he changed the trajectory of one person's life, it changed the trajectory of a lot of people's lives. It expanded circles in ways that changed it for all of us. And so you got to understand the context of every one of these circles as this pivot point where things suddenly change and start going a different direction. And so that's what we're going to explore this morning is these two pivot points. And if you want to follow along this morning, there's this little thing in your program guide that looks like this. It's scoop on the front, and inside there is an outline. You can follow along this morning. You can take some notes, follow along with the scriptures and what we're going to talk about this morning. So we're going to answer this question this morning along these lines of is it worth it? Of Why should I expand my circle? Why should I expand my circles? Well, the first, and this is the, from, comes from this first pivot point in history, is to extend God's blessing. To extend God's blessing is why we, should, why we should expand the reach of our circles. So for some of you here, you're, you won't be surprised to find out, like, God wants to bless you. You've experienced that blessing. For some of you, you might be like, I'm still figuring that out. Like, it might become as a little bit of a surprise that God has always intended to extend his blessing to you. It's not like he just thought of it yesterday. You might feel like sometimes in your life you don't experience, but it is his intention to expand his blessing to you. It's been his very intention from very early on. In fact, very early on in this journey, there's a story of a man named Abram. Now, Abram came from a family and from a country of moon worshipers. Okay, and that's, that's where he came out of. And so they, his dad, father was a moon worshiper. That's what they did. And we don't know a lot about his childhood and his formative years. But what we do know is somewhere along the line, Abram discovered the invisible, transcendent God of the universe, the creator. And he began to worship him. And this was, this was crazy because no one where he grew up did this. You had to see it, right? You either had an idol or you had a moon or you had, you had something you could see and touch that made sense. But not Abram. He worshiped this transcendent God. And so in this moment where Abram they move out of moon-worshiping country to this new land. They begin to grow there. They begin to do their thing there. And there's whole, all of his family's there. His father brings all of his family along. And so he's got all of his cousins and all of his relatives. And they're doing really well. And God comes to Abram, and he has this conversation. And this is the pivot point where things begin to change, not just for him, but for all of us. So here it is. It says, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. So the Lord said to Abram, I want you to go from your country. So I want you to go from this place where all of your family is. I want you to leave your people. I want you to leave your father's household. All the comforts that you have, all of the connections that you have, all of the surety that you have about your job and where you're going to make money, how things are going to go, all of your support structures. I want you to go ahead and I want you to leave them too. And I want you to go to a place I'll show you. Like, 
wait, 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 wait. So let me get this straight, guys. You want me to leave all of this stuff, and you're going to show me where this is, but I don't know where it is right now, but I just need to go and trust you on this. I'm sure he's a bit like our kids at some point in that conversation, right? Like when your kids, have you ever, parents, have you ever had this conversation with your children? If if, If you've got a mom or dad here today, you know you've done this. Like they say, hey, I want you to do your chores. And you say, and I'll pay you $5 to do X, Y, or Z. And they say, well, why don't you pay me the $5 and then I'll do X, Y, and Z. You say, no, 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 no. You got to complete X, Y, and Z. Then I'll give you the $5. Like, no, 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 I want the $5. And then you've had these conversations, haven't you? Because it is human nature to say, I want certainties. I want assurances before I take a step and risk something. See, this is huge in the story. Because herein lies the lesson with God. He wants to build a relationship with you. And do you know what relationship is built on? Trust. Do you know how you form trust? You take a risk. You do this in every relationship you have. You take a risk to get to know someone new. You take a risk to be vulnerable to someone. That's how you have intimacy. That's how you build relationship. God says, I'm going to require you to take a risk. In other words, Blessing doesn't come first. Blessing follows obedience. First, you obey. You take that risk and say, God, I'm, all right, I'm going to trust you. Then you experience the blessing of God. And, and this blessing that we talk about, if you go on in this verse, you see that the kind of blessing that they're talking about here is God says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And if you go on to read in Genesis 12, he actually says, I will bless not only you and this nation, but I will bless all the families of the earth through you. Every people group on the planet. This is the pivot point in history where God says, Abram, you've turned to me and now I am going to bless you. But not, this is not just about you. I am going to bless you to bless others. I'm going to bless a whole group of people and they are going to bless groups upon groups upon groups of people. Circles all over the planet are going to be blessed because it starts with you, if you'll trust me. If you'll take this step. See, God offers blessing, and the same blessing he offers to Abram, he offers to us, that we might experience the blessing of God as we extend the blessing of God. And that's what he was telling Abram. I'll bless you if you'll extend blessing. If you'll trust me on this, I'm going to bless your whole family. I'm not just going to bless you. I want you to extend blessing to others. This has been God's heart all along. Now, we all need a God circle in our life. Now, here's what I mean by God circle. God circle, I mean a circle in your life where there's a sacred trust of you want to help others build this relationship with God, to have a relationship with the creator of the universe who loves you deeply, who cares about you, and who wants the very best life for you. It's a circle where you say, Jesus created a way, like the very, modeled the very best life possible, and I want to live that. I want to have that. And so I'm going to have some circle of people around me that can help me experience that. Uh, let me ask you, I, I've, got, I've had lots of circles in my life, you know, like the Steeler Circle, that's one of them, right? I've got lots of friends who, who are in the Steeler Circle. But if God is not at the center of the circle, do you know what I miss? I miss blessing. I mean, it's fun to, to trash talk, it's fun to root for my team, but it's not the same as being in a circle where God's the center and my life is transformed and I feel the love of God in a whole new way. It's not the same as a circle where I can be flawed and I can be honest. 
And people can call me out, say, Sean. They can encourage me and say, God has that for you. And in the toughest parts of my life, they are support structures. They hold me up. Like people who help me recognize just how much God loves me, just what Jesus did for me. We all need that kind of God circle. We all need a circle where we can extend blessing to other people, to connect them. And this is, you know, the greatest mystery of God to me is that he uses you and me to extend his blessing. I mean, he extends blessing all the time, but the truth is if you look throughout history, God uses people to extend blessing. He says, I'm going to use circles. I'm going I'm to gather you together, and, I'm, and I'm a, that's how I'm going to extend my blessing. That's how people are going to discover the greatness of who I am. Now, I know that there are a lot of reasons that we resist this. You know, some of a, Sometimes we're hesitant to take that risk because we're like, hey, what if, what if I join a circle? I, I don't know. Like I, maybe I'm, you go, I'm super busy. Sean, you don't understand. I am super busy. I got all this stuff going on. I cannot afford time to be in a circle. Or maybe you say something like, <clears throat> you know, I just, I, I'm a little worried because what if I get in a circle and I'm not accepted? Like, what if I get in this God circle and I'm not accepted there? Or maybe you're thinking, I've met some of you people on Sunday morning. I think you're a little crazy. And what if I get stuck in one of those circles, right? Like, I'm stuck with you forever. And yikes, that might be crazy. So, so, let me, let me just say this. It's worth the risk. And here's why I think it's worth the risk. Because not taking that risk is like saying, hey, listen, you know what? I've got enough supportive friends in my life already. I, don't, I could not use one more person in my life who would be willing to support me and go out of the way for me and love me and speak encouragement. I've got, I've got too much of that already. It's, it's crazy. You don't understand. Or maybe it's like saying, like, hey, listen, I, I'm already too blessed. I'm have, I have so much ridiculous blessing in my life, I can't stand it. If I would get in a circle and I would experience more blessing in my life, if it would open up my heart and my life to more blessing, I, just, I couldn't take it. I mean, it's too much. It is too much. Like that, that's what we say when we resist getting in a circle because God's saying, this is where blessing happens. This is where I want to extend blessing, and I'm going to do it from the people that are in your life. So, if, you've, if you're doing great and you've got plenty of blessing in your life, plenty of support, you don't, you don't need anything else. Take a pass. It's okay. But if you need that kind of thing, or you think at some point you will need it, because here's the thing. I said this two weeks ago. If you don't have it before you need it, you won't have it when you need it. You need a circle. And some of you are in groups. Like you're in a great group. Or you've been in a great group, you know that like expanding your circle can be tough because you got all this stuff that goes on inside of you. You're like, ah, you know, I'm afraid that if I expand, if we expand the circle, the magic, you know, the magic will get lost. You know, like our, our group is just so, so perfect right now. And if we expand the circle, magic will get lost. We get kind of in the scarcity mindset. And it's weird because we don't do this anyplace else. Like, like we don't discover some place like black and blue restaurant. We're like, oh. I'm not going to tell anyone about this awesome restaurant experience that I had, right? Like, we don't, we don't do that. Like, when Wegmans came into town, people didn't go like, well, I, I can't tell you about this great, rest, this great grocery store I went to. Not, go, don't go there. You, like, we don't, I mean, maybe you do that with your mom's pie, like, right? When she serves a really great pie, and you're like, look at the rest of the family. You're like, you do not want it. This is terrible. You know, it's, it's terrible, and you can't get it in your mouth. But, but the truth is, like, you don't do this anywhere else. Why would you do this with your group? 
Why would you think that there's not enough? God's blessing is not contained. It expands, and the truth is that when, when we don't include others, we miss it. Those are valid feelings, but the truth is there's so many good things that happen in group. You've heard it in the stories this month as we've watched testimony after testimony about people that are in groups, and God has blessed them, and it's been amazing as they extended blessing to each other. They're story upon story, and I know for Susie and I, it's been amazing. Like, we have had such good group experiences here at Daybreak. i got to tell you, like, I, I feel really lucky because we have had some of the most amazing people that we've done group with. And, they, and, and we're not in groups with all of them now, but I, you know, I can look around Good Hope Road and I can see those people. And they, they've made a huge impact on my life. They've walked through things with me when my family needed it, when I needed it, and they were there for me. They've spoken encouragement to my life, and I've done that for them. We have friendships. I've, I've gone on missions trips and had that circle, and I've eaten shed barbecue, you know, with some people that, like, you know, bring tears to your eyes. It's so good, right? Like, if it spills on your friend's hand, you're going to bite their hand. Like, it's that good. So, like, I've been to places and been with these circles of people, and I've got stories because I've been willing to take the risk, and it's been good to extend God's blessing because we're not just blessed to be blessed, As a follower of Jesus, God doesn't just bless you to bless you. He blesses you so that you can be a blessing to someone else, so that you can turn around and bless someone else. And I want you to get this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've made the commitment to follow Jesus. This is not optional. It's not something you get to say like, "Mm, I'm just going to go ahead and say no to that one. If you're going to follow Jesus in obedience, here's this thing that he calls the great commission. It's, it's the co-mission. It says, join me in this. I want you to be a part of this, of expanding my circle, of inviting others into this circle. It's, it's what he did. It's why he left heaven. It's why he lived on the planet. It's why he died and was resurrected, so that the circle could be expanded, so that people could discover what it meant to be in God's forever family, to have the assurance and the love and the peace that comes with that. But sometimes we're still hesitant. We're hesitant to expand that circle because we go, I want to lose the magic. So let me just say this. Listen, the magic, the magic isn't in, I got the right people in my group. Magic isn't in, like, we got this study we're doing, and the magic's in the study. Magic isn't in, like, we got the right number of people in our group. Magic is in we are so committed to extend God's blessing to each other and to anybody else that God blesses our group, that God's spirit is flowing in our group because we are committed to the mission of Jesus to expand the circle. And if you lose that, and I've seen this over and over again, if you lose that, do you know what happens to your group eventually? You start asking questions like, why why are we coming here? Why am I showing up? Why am I taking this night out to do this? Why are we putting up with each other? Because you lose the mission. And the mission is God's critical call in our life to love people, to love him and to love people. This is the mission of the circle, to expand it, to grow people into it, to extend blessing to each other. That's where the magic is. When you lose that, you lose God's heart. And God's heart is where we have the magic. Circles are this place of great blessing in our life. And I want you to understand, like, extending God's blessing, this great pivot point, it changes your life. It will change your life. And it's always been God's heart. Always been God's heart from the very beginning. And that's, that's why the story of Abram is so important. 
it demonstrates to us that God wasn't like, it didn't just occur to God somewhere later along the line of like, oh yeah, there's a lot of people and they don't know me. Like it has always been his heart that we would be a part of expanding his circle, his family, inviting people in to experience what it means to know God and to be loved by him, to introduce us to Jesus. Like this is this has always been his heart. And not just people like us. There's a lot of those circles already, right? Like, I mean, all this season, this whole year, we've experienced over and over, like people grasping hands, just circles like them. That is not what God's family's about. God's heart is that it would, your circles would include people like you and not like you. Because, and this is the second pivot point I want to talk to you about. Why do we expand our circles? Because God's heart is that it would include everybody and anybody in God's blessing. That as we extend that blessing, it should include anybody and everybody. Now, this is the second pivot point in history. This is the second story that's just like, it's just like this little story that's found in the book of Acts. And Acts is this story of like, how did the church get started? How did things go crazy? What happened at the very beginning of history that influenced all of history? So here's, here's this little story. It's a little story about this guy named Peter. Peter was a friend and a follower of Jesus, someone that Jesus entrusted a lot to. And it's this little story found in Acts. It would be easy just to look past and be like, mm, I don't know what that's about. But the truth is, it is this great pivot point in history that changes everything. It's the second pivot point, and it mirrors the pivot point of Abram's life, where God said, I want to expand and extend blessing to all of the earth. I want to expand this blessing to circles after circles after circles. And so here's Peter. Now, Peter is a Jew. And Peter was a follower of Jesus, and he kind of got the mission. And this happens all after Jesus has gone back to heaven. He's seen Jesus die. He's seen Jesus being resurrected. Jesus has come back, and he said, listen, I want you to go every place. And so he's got all the right words, and we'll talk more about that next week when we talk about global circles. But he, he's got all the right mission, but he's still living the same life as a Jew. Now, see, the Jews, the Jews, early on, God said, I want you to come out from everyone else, and I want you to live a little different. I want people to look at your life and say, there's something different there, and I'd like to know more about it. And so there were certain things that God guided them in to say, like, here's how I would like you to live differently, mostly about holiness, mostly about purity. Like, I don't want you to just live like anybody else and do things that hurt other people. You've heard of the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments aren't forbidden things. The Ten Commandments are things of, like, if you do these things, they're going to destroy your life. Don't do those things. Model the very best life that people can have in your life. So, so... One of these things became, and then people added to them because they thought, like, uh, not enough rules can always have more rules, right? We can always make it more clear. And so along the way, there were all these rules added about what you could eat, what you can't eat, when you can eat it, and how you can eat it. And so the Jews lived by all these rules. There were laws about what you could do and not do, guidelines along that way, and also guidelines about who you could associate with and who you shouldn't. So here's Peter. It's up on the roof, and uh, in Acts 10, he gets this vision. And in this vision of Peter has, there's this blanket coming down from heaven. It's got all this different food on it. All this food that formerly, like, all these religious people have said, no, 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 you can't ever eat that as a Jew. You should never eat that. And it all comes down, and in the vision, God says, this is all acceptable now. This is one of the greatest moments in Jewish history, bacon. 
Peter discovers bacon, the greatest discovery of mankind, right? Like, there it is. Wow, bacon. So, so he, Peter sees all this, and he's reflecting on it. And this is a big deal. Like, this is like, you're asking me, like, really? Like, this is okay? What are people going to think of me? Is this really okay? So he's reflecting on all this. And meanwhile, back at the ranch, this guy named Cornelius lives someplace else. He's a Roman, but he has watched what happened with Jesus, and he has become convinced that Jesus is who he said he was, God himself in the flesh. He has become convinced that Jesus was raised from the dead, that Jesus was the Son of God, that there's, this is the real deal, and he started to worship and seek God. But he doesn't have anybody to teach him about it. He doesn't know anything more. And so Cornelius sends two guys to Peter's house, and they ring the doorbell. I don't know what a doorbell sounds like in first century Jerusalem. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, rings the bell. However they get in the house. And these two guys come in, and Peter comes down the stairs. And now, remember, this is the vision that he just had about suddenly everything. Like, there's nothing off limit. God said, I created all of this. I expect to span the circle this way. And so he comes downstairs, and the guys say, we want to invite you to Cornelius' house. He wants to learn about God. And Peter goes, I shouldn't be going to a Roman soldier's house. I shouldn't be going. It's, it's illegal for me to visit your house. And yet, he's got this picture, this vision that he knows was from God in his head. And so he says, okay. Okay, And so that's where the scripture picks up. And we find it in Acts 10. And it says this in Acts 10, verses 28 and 29. It says, Peter says, to, he, gets, he gets to Cornelius' house, and he says to them, you are well aware that it is against the, our law for a Jew to associate or visit with a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. So Peter says, listen, I get it now. I finally get it. Everybody that I lock eyes with matters to God, and nothing not a law, not what people think of me, not me being outed from the temple and my circles of, of family relationship. Nothing is going to keep me from expanding the circle to include people, not just like me, but people who aren't like me. It doesn't matter to me because God said everyone, he wants to expand the circle to include everyone and anyone. Now, this is, this is a normal part of our, our life. I mean, this long, have you ever been like, feel like you were on the out from a circle? Because I, I think this whole desire to be part of a circle is part of human nature. I, I, you find it everywhere in our, in our culture, even in like, maybe some of you will recognize the song, totally on my playlist because I'm totally into this kind of music. But. You know you want to see more of that dancing. You know you do. My wife's probably so embarrassed right now. Like this whole song, right? I want to be like the cool kids. Have you, have, you, have you heard this song? Like, this whole song is about, I'm on the outside looking in. I want to be part of this circle. I wish I was part of this place where I could find acceptance, where I could find meaning, where I could find love. This is the whole point of it. And you remember that feeling. I mean, you've probably had it sometime in your life recently. Like, I, you felt excluded at work. You're not part of the winter circle somehow. And you're like, man. Wish I could be in there. Or, you, or you're, you're at school, you're at the right lunch table or with the right group of kids, or you just wish you were at the right circle because somehow that would answer all the questions. But the truth is that that feeling of exclusion is the very opposite of what God wants. And the only place you're going to find that kind of belonging is in a God circle, a circle where 
you discover that a love that you'll never find anywhere else, that you'll discover a hope that will get you through difficult times when nothing else is coming together for you, that you'll discover a purpose that'll give you new meaning and direction to your life. That kind of stuff happens in God's circles all the time. All the time. You know, I, recently um, I was talking, well, Pastor Rick, who's preaching at Gettysburg Pike Campus today, and I were talking about this message. We were talking, I asked him about a little bit about his own circle, his family circle, because there's been all these families in our church who have fostered and foster adopted, and maybe you've, you've, you've seen some of those families, you've experienced some of those families. And, and I asked him, like, so what happens in that dynamic? And he said, you know, one of the number one fears that I, when I talk to people and ask them about that whole foster adopt experience is, is this going to mess up my circle? Like, is this, can I, can I love those kids like I love my kids? Can I love my kids like I love those kids? Like, is the dynamic going to change in such a way that I can't get it back? Like, is this going to mess up the circle? That's the number one thing that people deal with. So, so you guys probably know Mary the Cody's, and uh, this has been the recent journey for them. So I'm, I just asked Mary to come, and I, I, w- I want you to listen to a little bit. Like he, She has a few words for us today, because I just want her to kind of answer this question that we all find, we all long for, of like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to expand your circle and expand it into like people like you and not like you, and what that feels like and what that is like? So Mary, tell us a little about that journey for you to expand, you can introduce your family and expand. Talk us a little bit about the expansion of your family. Sure. Like. Um, first of all, how do you follow up those dance moves? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I can come up here and do anything that's going to match that. Um, all right, so that is our, our beautiful family. Um, that's my husband, Michael, and me, and I am holding our youngest daughter, Andy. And then I have twins, the bookends, Max and Jack, Millie, Lauren, and Javon. And in case you can't read it, uh, it says, life will bring you unexpected places, but love will bring you home. Um, Two years ago, Michael and I were working uh, in different jobs than what we are now, and we were comfortable, and we had enough, and we were safe, and we we had a happy little family of five. Um, But we were incomplete. Um, We had been feeling the tug for a long time, even before we were married, Um, about adoption. It's always been a big part of our lives um, with family and friends. Um, And we knew it was something that we wanted to do someday. And so there we were. We were getting ready to buy a house, and we felt like, okay, this is the time. God is saying, this is the time. Um, One time I heard uh, a phrase that said, when you have more than enough, you don't build bigger walls, you build a bigger table. So we were ready to build a bigger table. Um, and so we, we buy the house, and, and in anticipation of this, uh, we bought my daughter a bunk bed, thinking, okay, we'll have two boys and two girls, and it'll be really cute, and everything will be great, and that's when God sat back and said, <laughs> that's cute. Um, let me show you how it's really going to happen, um, and so as you can see, we expanded by three, not just one, um, so now we have three boys and three girls. Um, and when Pastor Sean said to me, I want to know what changed, what, what changed, you know, how did your life change? Um, and I basically said to him, you're giving me two minutes to tell you what changed (laughs) in the past 18 months. That's, that's not really fair, but I'm going to give you the abridged version. Um, and I did ask him if it was okay. If anyone has any other questions or wants to hear the unabridged version, I'll be in between services. So you feel free to ask. Um, but 
the abridged version, um, he asked me that question, and my answer to him was, it will wreck your life. It'll wreck your life in the best way possible. Uh, it has turned our lives upside down. Neither one of us are working in the same jobs. I left my job so that I could stay home with them. Um, it was important to us. Uh, they had bounced around a little bit before us, and it was very important to us to, that they knew that someone was going to be there for them. And so I haven't worked in the last 18 months, which has been very difficult for me. I'm somebody who's worked my whole life, um, and, and I... I guess I probably put a little bit of my identity into that um, because now I, I felt a little lost not working. Um, so we, we did that. Michael changed, has changed job twice. We changed jobs into making less money. Um, so we expanded our family by three but made way less money. Um, so that was scary. Um, but God provided the whole time. He has brought people into our lives. He has brought new people into our lives. He has kept people in our lives, but I said, it'll wreck your life. It has also changed some relationships. There are some people I don't get to talk to or see anymore at all, or who don't talk to us, because maybe it was a little overwhelming for some of them. I have some friends who I don't get to talk to anymore who don't have any children right now, and this was a bit too much for them, and that's okay, you know, because God has brought even more people into our lives, and we didn't just gain three, you know, new family members, we gained the people that came along with them, the people that came alongside us for this. We had nothing for a baby. Andy, who will be three next week, um, actually this Friday, she'll be three. Um, she was 17 months old when she came, and I hadn't had a baby in the house in six years, and I had nothing, no crib, no high chair, no baby clothes, nothing. And I had friends just come alongside us. Here's a baby chair. Here's a baby Bjorn. Here's a crib. Here's this. I, we didn't have to buy anything. It was amazing the things that God did for us and the people that he has given us. Um, and it, it's just, I cannot tell you. Um, there were times where my big kids, we call them the bigs and the littles. Um, so my big kids will tell you, and they'll be honest, sometimes that they'll say, well, I just don't feel like I, I'm getting enough attention today. And that's probably true because there's only one of me and six of them, and I am grossly outnumbered sometimes. Um, but we have made, you know, some, some sacrifices here and there. Um, we'll take them out on, on specific dates, just them, you know, so that it's something that's special just for them. And there are some days where they get to stay up late. Um, and that's their time just to talk to Michael and I. Um, there were times where there have been things that have come up, uh, questions and things you have to deal with that comes along with foster and adopting that Michael and I haven't been on the same page about. So it'll, it'll turn your marriage upside down. It'll turn your family upside down. Um, our families became supportive afterwards, but weren't really too keen on the idea to begin with. Um, so it will. It'll wreck your life but I promise you it'll be in the best way possible. So if that's something that you're thinking about or if God has put something on your heart where you feel like you need to obey, um, I just suggest that you follow in, in obedience. It is scary. It is messy. It is beautiful. It is brutal. It is all of those things, but it is amazing, and he will do anything to bring you through it, I promise. <laughs> I bet you so can't imagine you. what that would be like without them in your family. I can't. I don't even remember. Anything prior to 18 months ago, I have no idea. Mostly because I'm a mom of six now. I can't remember anything. But, no, um, I can't. I cannot, 
I cannot fathom what, what it would be like. And everyone will, people will come up to us all the time and say, it's such a wonderful thing that you did. And you're, you know, you're so inspiring or you're this or you're that. And it makes me uncomfortable, to be honest with you, um, because they have given us and taught us and, and brought to our family so much more than I could ever give to them, ever. Thank you, so, Mary. Thank, thank you. It is, it is, will you guys say thank you to Mary for telling our story this morning? It is worth it. Will it mess some things up? Yep. But do you want the blessing of God in your life? Are you willing to take a risk? See, this, this is the thing. This is what we learned with Abram's story. It's what we learned with Peter's story. There's a risk involved in enjoying the blessing of God. He asks us, will you take those risks to expand your circle? And I don't know if expanding your circle is going to be your family circle or it's going to be your, your God's circle, your small group circle. I don't know what circle it's going to be, but my question as you do is, are you ready to expand it? Because this is the heart of God. This, is, you know, this, is, this past week, we, started, we celebrated Martin Luther King Day. You know, what, you know what his dream was? His dream was that every person in society could be, a cir- could be in a circle, and a circle that would not be judged by the color of their skin, that's what he said, but by the content of their character that God's children will be able to join hand in hand and live together, that there would be this love and harmony together. Do you know what that is? That's God's dream. That's God's dream. It's just for all of us that we would expand our circles, and that's what communion's about. And so we're going to take communion today, and servers, you guys can come. And uh, let, me, let me tell you a couple things about communion. This is, this is, this is the stanchion of This The reason that we circle around the communion table is because it says Jesus is central to our faith. Okay, he is, what he's done for us is central to what we believe life change comes from. So as you come forward this morning, we'll, we'll take it together. So you can just come up the center aisle. You can get the, get the bread in the cup and you take it back to your seat and then we'll, we'll take it together. And I want you to know, like, if you've never taken communion before or it's been a long time, let me just remind you the meaning of communion. When you come forward to take communion, even in your first time, you can do this today. What you're saying is, God, I'm agreeing with you that Jesus is the way, that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I want to follow him, I want to know him, I want to seek him, I want his way in my life. This is what you proclaim coming forward with communion. So if you're not ready for that, it's okay. There's no judgment here, but if you want to come, proclaim that over your life today as we talk about that. So come forward, and then I'll lead us through communion. You can just get it and go back to your seats. Oh, pray.
what extent he went to make sure that they could know that love. Expanding our circles are more important than ever. Being people who can host people and introduce them to the love of God is more important than ever. The circle that Jesus first celebrated communion in was with his closest friends and followers. And he was giving them a picture of what the circle is really all about. So he first he picked up some bread. He said, whenever you eat this bread, I want you to remember that my body was broken for you. Now, here's what they heard, because they remember the stories he told. I am the source. I am the bread of life. I am the source of life. Eat from me. Make your whole life centered around me. This is what they heard. When we eat our, that bread, we should remember that God is so central to our life that he loves us deeply, and he gave up everything so that we could know and so others could know. Let's remember that as we eat together. That circle then around the, as they were eating together, Jesus took the cup, passed it around. He said, listen, as you drink this, and every time you drink it, every time you come back here, remember, this, is, this was my blood that I spilt to establish a new covenant, a new promise. A promise that said, not only can you be forgiven, not only can you be reconciled to God, but you can be reconciled to each other, and you can be reconciled everyone. Like, no one is off limits to the reconciliation of God. When they drank that, they remembered. Every time they drank that, they remembered that forgiveness is always possible. That reconciliation awaits for every person on the planet, and that God uses us to bring it to others. Let's drink together. Lord, we thank you 
for your sweet grace towards us, for your love for us, and that you call us to to expand our circles, to have circles where you are central to our lives, that we can point each other to you. God, I pray that you would inspire us, give us courage to take a risk, to step into a circle, to find a circle, to seek you in a circle, and to expand our circles. Put someone on our mind and our hearts that we should invite into a circle, that we should bless and extend blessing to. In Jesus' name. So I want to give you just a few moments um, just here at the end to respond because you, know, you come here in a row and the most important part that you do today is this response. What God say to you today? How have you been moved? What's God been speaking into your heart and your life today? And here's my challenge to you today. My challenge is this, to extend God's blessing to someone in your life. I want you to think about this week, who's God asking to extend blessing to? What circle are you in that could help extend that blessing? What's your next step? Write it down. Write down that person's name. Write down that what your next step is. Let us pray for you in that. And if you're not part of a circle, we want you to know you are welcome to be part of one of our circles. Take that next step. It is worth it. It's worth it. Take a next step and respond today. Take a few minutes as the band plays some instrumental music, and then they'll guide you in your next worship song.